the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. And somehow we find ourselves at the end of the 2017 regular season, and that means no more Kansas City Royals baseball. It's Davo. On a very weird edition of your dish, it's the season-ending edition, as we always do on Clubhouse Conversation. I'm joined in studio. Very happy to have the man, the myth, the legend. We'll have more on this soon. The future reality star, Jake Lutzen Studio. How's it going? I'm doing good, Davo. How are you? Good. We're not going to reveal details yet, but you are going to be on TV this yeah, spring. Yeah, that's true. Taking Clubhouse <laughs> Conversation to the big time, my man. I like it. You got me on KC Radio, and we got Jake Lutz on national TV. We'll have more on that coming up soon. But Jake... <laughs> I want to talk Royals baseball with you, and I, you know, did you watch the uh, the first wild card game last night, the Yankees and Twins? I did. I watched most of it. So you you know, only one out is recorded by Severino. The Twins get up three nothing. I went into that game thinking there's no chance the Twins are going to win because yep. they're young. I mean, Bartolo Colon was on their wild card game roster for Christ's sake. You know, like you, you just, <laughs> any team with Bartolo Colon in the playoff roster, I can't take seriously right now. You know, but no Sano, he gets hurt, which is a big loss because of the Shen issue and. And all that, but you know, but that's kind of how they were all year, right? I mean, we just counted them out all year. They lost a hundred last year, and I guess in some ways, it's kind of a, the Twins are kind of a, a positive story for teams like the Royals and rebuilding teams, right? Yeah, I mean, they battled all year. We we thought we were just waiting all season for them, kind of just to disappear. I didn't think they had what it takes. I thought Me they, either. Nobody thought did. They, yeah, I thought they were a nice story the first half, but I thought there was no way they're going to fall apart after the All Star break. We kept. I thought waiting. they'd play five hundred. I mean, they sold. I know. <laughs> they sold at the deadline. Had, my qu- <laughs> yeah, had they, you know, Garcia, Jaime Garcia, would I mean, he have gotten a ring if they would have won the World Series for his one game? <laughs> like, maybe would so. he got the playoff share for that one game? Yeah, yeah they but, sold their, their closer, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, they, they were they were selling, and they ended up making the postseason, and it was, you know, kind of because the American League was so weak. I mean, that is the main reason Yeah, and they get in. up 3 nothing, but right when Santana walks the leadoff hitter to the bottom of the first, and they end up giving up the three-run jack, uh, to Didi, and you, you pretty much knew right yeah. then they weren't going to win. You know, a team like that, you know, mentally, kind of mentally fragile, I think, going into that environment as a first-time playoff, you know, roster for the majority of those guys. But still, a great season. I mean, the Royals didn't deserve to be there, but I can't help but wonder, had the Royals gotten in that game, what would have happened? I feel like they would have won. Is that weird? Yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing last night. It was just frustrating to see, you know, right. a team like the Twins because it was an opportunity missed this year. You didn't have to be that good to get into the, but the let, playoffs. Let's not also, I think you probably agree the Royals would get waxed by the Indians. The Royals would not uh, yeah. advance past this next round, but I think they would have won that wild card game. It doesn't matter, though, because they didn't get there. They didn't, deserve, they didn't deserve to be there as much as that stinks. Yeah. So, you know, last time we spoke, Jake, we've both been so busy. I guess we had our, our trade deadline edition. Uh, at the end of July here, and we, we did several in the first half. So, you know, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We'll kind of recap uh, the year and then uh, kind of look forward. Man, this is going to be – this is going to be really, you know, sometimes I feel like we can really nail things and know what's going to happen and, and like, you know, give you pretty good, you know, intelligent information about what's probably going to happen. But I don't think you, I, or anyone, <laughs> including Dayton Moore, knows what's going to happen right now. Yeah. As far as Dayton leaving potentially for a job or staying, I don't think he knows exactly. We'll talk about that. Um, you know, as far as I think he probably knows the coaching staff hasn't announced yet. We'll talk about that. You know, who's going to sign, who isn't, because it's kind of like a domino thing. If you somehow get one of these, you know, pending free agents to sign, it could change everything else. Will they be able to shop guys to create payroll? Like, we've got a lot to talk about. So, <laughs> but I mean, I think we're just going to be speculating, but it'll be fun, though. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason for sure. Yeah, and an interesting Much different. Next 30 to 40 minutes here or so. <laughs> So let's dig in here. Let's go back through the year. The Royals finish at 80 and 82, which, Jake, I don't think there's any doubt. You and I both had them pegged for 90 wins before yep. the year. I don't think there's any doubt that 80 to 82 is a disappointing year, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it was just the start of the season. It, it was a hole they never really could dig out of. I mean, they briefly did because they played such good baseball in June and July. But then again, a bad August, and you, you were sunk. I mean, it just it didn't go... Nothing really went the way I think that we scripted at the beginning of the year. I mean, besides, I mean, the core guys did have good seasons. I mean, you look at their stats. You look at Hosmer, Moustakis, Kane. It doesn't seem like I mean, it, though, some of the time. No, it doesn't. And I think it's just because they really struggled to string together hits like they have in the past. The keep the line moving shirt thing. They weren't all hot at the same time except no. for that month and a half, though. You're right. It was yeah. kind of like one or two guys was hitting and the other guys weren't. And then you had the outliers, you know, some of the guys at the bottom of the order and, and some of the other guys that were just bad all year, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You just, there was no help. There was, even if one guy was hot, it was like everyone else was ice cold. It was just a very streaky team. It's they a just, very weird team. Yeah. Are they, so 
I don't. There's no possible way they were better than a 500 team. I think we can both agree that their their record deserved to be about where it was. But did they even overachieve a little bit getting to 80 and 82? Do you think? Like knowing how? I mean, because they were a bad baseball team for four months, really. Yeah. It was almost like they had two, <laughs> like they were the best team in baseball for two months, and then like the worst, not the worst, but you know what I mean, like the best team for like a month and a half, two months, and then like one of the worst six or seven teams for the other four months, like. Are they really even a 500 team? I mean, was the record what they should have been, do you think? Or I mean, did they I, even overachieve a little bit? I think they honestly did overachieve I a little so bit too. because they were so, I mean, June and July basically made up for how bad they were the rest of the season. Right. Because right. they were so red hot in June on that West Coast trip. Yeah, I was on that trip, man. You were on <laughs> yeah, part I, of that. I did you too. were in the San Diego leg, and I saw the other ones. I think I saw six games on that trip, and then won five of them, and you were at some of those fun. Padres games. They lost that Friday night one, but the Saturday one with the home run ball. Yeah, that was really what it slam and it's what you know, it got really rolling there, and, they did and get it was rolling. looking good. I mean, when Man. in July where they were seven games over five hundred at one point. Yeah. So before we get to our player of the year, pitcher of the year, newcomer of the year, all that stuff, do you have a favorite moment? Like, I mean, let's talk about some of the you know because I kind of throw that on you, but some of the, let's let's kind of just talk it out out loud here. So like some of the things that step up to me obviously is the moose. You know, tying mm-hmm. and, and breaking the home run record. That's up there. I think the Eric Skoglin start against the Tigers yeah. where he threw a gem and comes off and <laughs> tips his cap. And, you know, going into that start, I was telling everybody, um, and some people I know that, you know, in different organizations and a, a guy I know that's a professional fantasy player was asking me, you know, who's the Skoglin guy? What's the thing? And I said, you know, he's probably a year early. He's not ready. They're kind of rushing him up by necessity. And then he goes out and throws that game. And the mm-hmm. guy's like, what are you talking about? But then, as, <laughs> as it turned out, he was way early. Yeah. You know, or we hope that's what it is because if, if it's a stuff, he's not going to last a lot longer. But hopefully it was just, you know, something he can adjust and get better at next year because he was pretty rough after that outing. But that was pretty, you know, special, right? Seeing his family there and seeing him tip the cap. And, you know, what are some of the other things? You know, the Gordon, there was a tremendous Gordon catch. We saw the robbing the home run to save a game. Do you have any, you know, that game where Moss blasts the game-winning hit when they come back against the White Sox? Yeah. Uh, it was early early to mid-August. Yeah. Um, you know, is there any, any special, special – moment to you or moments that I, that I haven't mentioned that stick out? I mean, no, just, you know, there was, I thought that the walk, I mean, the two walk-offs, like Moose's walk-off homer against the Astros was way back in early June. It was right mm-hmm. before they got rolling on the West Coast trip. Man, I forgot about that. Yeah, but that, that was a pretty cool moment because um, that was a game, too, where they trailed by, I believe, six runs or something. They were down like right. seven to one in that game and came all the way back. I mean, for me, I'm a little biased because I was out in San Diego, but that comeback that got the streak started where Kane hit the grand slam. Where that they were whole down. trip was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, because I remember sitting out there, and I was we were, I think, eight games under 500 at that point, and we were yeah. losing that game, and I was just talking to people. I was like, this is like this season's going to be over already. Yeah. I mean, they're about to lose a series to the Padres. Yeah, because they lost game yeah. one. And then they came back and just got rolling. So, I mean, and that I just remember it really— They came home like right at 500, yeah. didn't they, or game under after that, and they kept it yeah. going. And yeah. I feel like, I mean, people probably forget because it was so long ago, but that Lorenzo Cain was on one of, like, the hottest streaks I've ever seen a hitter go oh, through that week. the home run week. tears? Yeah. I remember being <laughs> in Anaheim a lot of fun. and he hit another one in Anaheim, and then he missed, like, two more that were caught at the fence, like, in like, yeah. the same, you know, four four or five at bat stretch. Yeah, you're right about that. I, mean, I remember Moose going into the, uh, the, the McCovey's Cove there in San Francisco, hitting the ball in the afternoon game where they beat Johnny Cueto. I was at that one. That was a fun game. Yeah. Yeah, that, there, I mean, there were some fun moments, but overall, I mean, it's – was really outside of that like month mm-hmm. or so, month and a half. Wasn't yeah. it pretty much just not a very fun season to follow? Like they just they it was it, they started off in April. I think you agreed. Do you think they were really? I hate to put the word selfish on, on such a, a team, like an actual team, because they're actually a legit team. Like they won these those years and and kept beating the Pythags and you know Pakota and all the Vegas over unders and kept overachieving you know to the media. Because they were a team. I think, you know, they had the bullpen, but they were so unified as a team and played together. You know, baseball is really a pretty individual sport when you think about it. It's pitcher versus hitter. It's a very individual sport in a lot of ways. But they made it into a team sport. Yeah. They didn't fall into that trap of making it individual is what I'm trying to say. But do you feel like maybe the first month it was very selfish baseball? I mean, Hosmer kind of admitted they were all playing for contracts for the first time. And, you know, because I'll, I'll tell a stat here in a bit, but Eric Hosmer was hitting 228 on May 1st. I mean, yeah. not just him. I mean, everybody, you know, the whole up and down that whole lineup. I don't, I think Moose got off to a tear, right? If I remember right. And yeah, but he was about, I think Kane was like 260, 270. He was okay. But, you know, Hosmer and Gordon and Perez and a lot of these guys really struggled out of the gate. I mean, do you think that was some of what was going on? Was just the whole, was it a little selfish? But I mean, 
you know, I think you and I both agree Eski comes out selfish every year, declaring he's going to hit 15 home <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> runs, and it takes him until about June 15th to start using the whole field again and turning into a decent hitter. You know, he ended up at 250. You know, he had yeah. that same approach all year, probably could hit 265, 270. But your thoughts on the selfish? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of the guys probably won't admit it, but they there's they had to be thinking about it. They knew it was a contract year. They all wanted to get off to hot starts. I mean, the team, they wanted to have success too, but they all have a lot of money relying on how right. they did this season. Right. So I think a lot of guys were pressing early on. We're just thinking about themselves, you know, like Escobar is like, oh, if I hit 10 home runs this right. year, right, right. my stock's going up. Right. But, like at 15 and 15, still 15 bases. and Yeah, but it's unfortunate that once the guys kind of started playing team baseball, it was just too late to dig out of that That's hole. That's the thing. They all said you can't win, you know, the division in April, right? But you can lose the division in yeah. April. And they were never, as it turned out, they were never going to catch Cleveland. I mean, who, who saw Cleveland winning over 100 games, especially no. after that start? Yeah, and then they lose Kipnis and Brantley, and it's and then they get better. It's like, you know, like well, it was. Just, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we were here talking about them at the All Star break. We were even half back. They were struggling, and they come out of the break. They lost, I believe, five out of six yeah, on did. like a West Coast road trip. And we didn't gain any any ground on them, and then they kept losing. Yeah, and then they basically just didn't lose. The and then, like rest of August fifth happened, and <laughs> so, they like lost two games the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> How much longer? Getting off track, we'll get back to the Royals in like thirty seconds. I promise. How much longer do you think Cleveland's? Got that window open where they can afford Kluber, and you know we've already seen Salazar move so much between the bullpen and Bowers. I think a little overrated, and I mean he gets a lot of strikeouts, but he does give up some beginnings. There's a lot of pitches, and you look at Miller. You know eventually, he, you know relievers only have a, a shelf life for so long. You've already seen some guys in that bullpen like Allen and some of the other guys getting hit a little bit more. Brantley's injury prone. Kipnis, Santana's a free agent in thirty mid thirties. I mean. How much longer do you see? I mean, they've got Ramirez and Lindor. They've got some nice, young, controllable yeah. players. But do you, do you see them as – are they getting towards the end of their window, do you think? I feel like it, yeah. And I think they're probably in a maybe similar situation to what the Royals were in, like, like 2015. Yeah, where they've but got – They have a two or three more year window. Where, yeah, like this is probably where they need to win it. And yeah. I, I think they've got a pretty good chance of it, too. Yeah. But this – and then they'll probably have another year or two before their window's going to close. Yeah. Where, you got to figure Kluber can only well, keep this up so many more years. Yeah, and, and there's other guys, you know, who are going to be probably up for some bigger deals that Cleveland's not going to be able to afford. And they so. do have some nice young players too. You got Bradley Zimmer and Almonte, and, and they've got yeah. uh, was that Ursella is a nice young player. I mean, they've got some good guys, but it'll be interesting. But let's get to our player of the year, Jake. Um, you and I have not discussed this yet, but the three people that come to mind for me. Our Moose with the 38 home runs, breaking the Royals record, tying uh, the Bob Serves Kansas City record. Didn't end up breaking that, unfortunately, but did tie it. Um, Lorenzo Cain hits 300 on the nose. Has a really nice year, although he's, you know, I think he played a lot more hurt than people think. He, he did. He quit running once yeah. last week of August. He just would not run anymore, which was not his forte. He was well on his way to 30-plus stolen bases. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, the guy that I think, Jake, is, is you agree with Hosmer? Yeah. It's a Hosmer oh, yeah. player of the year. Like I said, he was hitting 228. On May 1st. You want to hear what he did from that point on? I do. <laughs> 339 with 22 home runs and my favorite OPS stat, 941. Goodness. Not to mention, I mean, he <laughs> plays gold glove defense. You know, some people sitting in their in their, uh, in their their living rooms, the MLB extra innings, sitting in their uh, in their uh, rockers, you know, continually <laughs> call him like the worst defensive first baseman. And I, I said you earlier this year, like, somehow Miguel Cabrera supposedly has better the last three years defensively than him. And you know, David funny. Ortiz, when he played first, was bad. Like, I'm like, come on. Guys who can't move. Right, right. Somehow, yeah, like, whatever. The guy won a freaking gold glove, and if yeah. you watch him every day, there's a lot of value in digging throws. I mean, I, I'd argue there's way more. He probably saved an error. I don't want to say an error a game, but, you know, an error every two games yeah. with his defense. He scoops everything. And if he, even if, let's say even if he doesn't have quite the range of some of the top, top, top first basemen, you know, as far as lateral and vertical or whatever, I mean, it, it, digging throws is much more important than – the one ball every five or six games he might not have gotten to that other guys do, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, what he does over there with the glove, it's it's incredible. Yeah. He digs out everything. He sh- the way he can stretch, the way he, his height, the way and he the can get to balls. And the confidence he gives his infielders, I mean, too, yeah. to be able to make the throw no. whenever. Yeah, I, I mean. You, Without thinking about it. Yeah, you can't even. It's it's incredible what he does over there. So Hosmer's your player of the year. Pitcher of the year. Man, Jake, we're going to get into some disappointing seasons here in a minute. I didn't realize – how bare the pitching really was. Because, I mean, <laughs> really, in the first half, the starting pitching was pretty doggone good. And then yeah. we, we did, I remember, sitting in the same room with you in our in our Clubhouse Conversation Studios here earlier this year, and, <laughs> and we were talking about how the bullpen was, like, strong. Like, you know, at that point, like, in late July, you had, you know, you had to add in the guys from the Padres, you know, the Mauer and the Book Tour to go along with uh, Astoria was still doing decent then, and, mm-hmm. you know, Herrera you thought would bounce back, and, and then you had, uh, you know, Neftali Feliz was throwing the ball well yeah. at that time, and, 
McCarthy. And I remember I was talking about, you know, they're going to have to send McCarthy down. Moylan has been good, Alexander. But it really, in the second half, fell apart, Jake. I mean, the only – who really – I mean, the pitcher of the year is Jason Vargas, right? Yeah. So Vargas wins 18 games. I know it's kind of an overrated, overrated stat. And I know he didn't have a great year because he had a four one six. I mean, that's that's not – why that's not great but in the nl that's probably like a three six mm-hmm. you know and an 18 win pitcher at the three six in the nl is pretty doggone good so i mean he was you know realistically jake the first half he was lights out an all-star obviously yeah. one, of the, one of the best starters in the league in the first half he was a cyan candidate at the all-star break dark horse cyan candidate but he was yeah the stats were right there you knew it wasn't going to last by looking at fip and stuff but he was at least like in the back end of the conversation but in the second half he got lit up i mean if you looked at the whole season and didn't watch his first half you would think he had an average year 107, like league average, yeah. you know, low four ERA, 170 innings, maybe above league average, but not much. But a great year for him coming out the Tommy John, hadn't pitched that many innings in three, four years. Um, otherwise, Jake, the only guys that really stick out to me are Jake Junis, who is yeah. my newcomer a nice of the year. Surprise. Yeah. Would you agree with him as newcomer of the year? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, nine and three with a 4 3 0, 98 in the third innings. I mean, that's that's pretty good for him. I see some upside there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when we got us got to see him when he was coming out of the bullpen a couple times early in the year, some nice things, but we still weren't sure. But he when he came back up, he was fantastic. I mean, there was a good stretch here over the last couple months where he was the best starter. Unless Mike, no, I, I've heard some people need to calm their load. I've heard some I, on some of the post game call shows. I've heard people compare him to Corey Kluber. Let's calm down well, a no, little bit. No, His no, upside no. is a good number three <laughs> starter. Yeah, his I upside agree. is what you want Ian Kennedy to be. You want him to be a 180 to 200 inning guy with a, a you know upper three, low four is the ERA. If Jake Junis can do that, that's all the Royals need out of him, and he'll be affordable for the next you know three four years. Yeah. So, what is that? What you see him? What do you see his upside as? I mean, okay, best case scenario, what is he a two? Yeah, I think so. I, I think he you got it pegged right there. I think he's probably a number three starter. Three four. Yeah, because he looks like a guy who is going to have nights where he can strike out a lot of people, and nights where he gets his yeah. brains beat in. Yep, exactly. But you know, in our pitching in our ballpark, I'm sure that'll help. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, if they if, if he could just give them next year 180 innings, four ERA, and they could get the same out of Kennedy, you know, get him better, and yeah, you know, get Hamill up around the low. If they could just throw out there, you know, three guys like that with a low four ERA, and then have Duffy turn into what he needs to become, the rotation wouldn't be that bad. No, because you got Nate Carn coming back we'll talk about that in a second but um but yeah i mean jake if you look at i, I don't want to dwell too much on the disappointment but oh, let's 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 start another we did the most memorable moment the most disappointing single moment or the most heartbreaking moment i'll give mine first give you a minute to think about it for me the most crushing point of the season when i knew it was over i wish i had the date it was in august it was against oakland we had hit two home runs in the eighth inning i think four overall we were down two at a six run inning I'm pretty sure I'm quoting this right. I think we were down two. We were down two or three. Had a six or seven run inning, got up four, and then Soria came in and gave it right back, and Oakland scored a five spot. And there was, if I remember right, there might have been a misplay in that inning. Seems like Merrifield might have made one misplay, but still. It was like you have to get out of it. But um, to me, that's when I kind of knew the season was over. Like It's like because they had already, you know, at the time people would make fun of you if you said that. But you, you, you and I understood. Like baseball, the, the margin of error is small. When you've already tanked for five weeks, like they completely tanked yeah. in April and May, and then they got it going. But then you know, once after, once August came, you make those trades. There's just no room for error when you've got a month and a half left, and you're facing a weak team in last place. Like you, you had to sweep those series, and you couldn't finish nine and ten against the White Sox like they did for another. No. You know, they were just horrible against last place teams. I mean, that's my moment. Is there a single moment for you, or is it? Just I mean, more? honestly, that's probably the moment I, I would choose yeah. as well. I mean, because that was just that was a devastating loss. And it was like twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah, I was I was ready to excited. go to bed. I was happy. You're excited, I was, right? Because I. Well, we were killing runs. the ball. I think, yeah, I think it was Moose and Moss maybe that went yard, yard in that eighth inning. Yeah, I think Hosmer went deep too. Maybe it was three. Yeah, no, it was exciting. Yeah, they the... scored a, like six or seven runs and they went up and you're like, we got this. And they go to Soria and he blows it. And went. Yeah, no, it it was. Yeah, that was like the dagger for me. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it was just that type of year. Yeah, that to me was the end. Um, unfortunately, there were probably another ten or fifteen games you could have chosen. I mean, there's plenty of other ones you can think back on. There was a lot of blown games. You know, Herrera yeah. blew several. Brandon Maurer. I hope has not come back. Blue several. <laughs> you know, let's, you know, you look at the disappointment though, Jake. You know, because a lot of people want to blame the whole thing on Soria with the eight, <laughs> nine, ten, you know, however you want to quantify it, nine blown saves. You know, you can't expect him to be perfect. No one's going to go, you know, let's be realistic. You don't have HDH anymore. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I granted, if, if he blew nine, you realistically could have expected him to get six or seven of those, right? I mean, you yeah. got to be realistic. They're not robots. Yeah. I mean, it's- that right there probably puts him in the wild card or damn close. Yeah, but, I agree. But let's not only <laughs> my point is let's not pile it all on Soria. 
My story was really bad this year, but let's go through it, Jake. Ian Kennedy, awful. He was horrible. I thought he was hurt all season. I, I don't know if he was, but I, I was hoping he was Just hurt. Just the sound. <laughs> I was out there. I don't know. if Were you out there for the game he pitched against the Cardinals when the, when the scoreboard went out after he no. hit one of the home runs? <laughs> I was out there that night, and that starting right after, like, it's not only the results that were horrible. You've, I've seen similar results. They weren't like, you know, 11 runs in one inning or anything, but it was like, you know, four runs and seven – or four innings, seven runs. But, like – Watching him pitch, I've never seen a pitcher get hit that hard, and I've never heard the sound that I kept hearing. <laughs> like, it was like the sound off the bat, like the crack of the bat, and it wasn't just one guy. It wasn't like Bo Jackson or some, you know, it wasn't like Aaron Judge or Mike Trout. Yeah. So it was like the whole team, like, you know, Adam Engel, if he would have been playing that night, would have had the same sound. <laughs> or, you know, like yeah. it was like every hitter, the sound that Ian Kennedy was giving up, Jake, I have never heard that before. It he was just, insane. Yeah. I mean, every start, I'd be like, okay, he's going to turn it around his I know. time. And then he just Because he just you know I'm a big Ian Kennedy yeah. fan. I bought his freaking game year's jersey before the season. <laughs> I love the guy. Like, But this year, he was so bad. Had he just been – and he was actually – and he had kind of an unfair rap. After that first year, fans were bitching about him. He wasn't even – he was actually pretty good his first year with the Royals, I thought. No, he was solid he was last year. He was exactly what I was – 190 ex- or something. I don't should get out the stats, but – he was exactly what I was expecting last yeah, year. Yeah, he was fine. I was just hoping for another year. Like maybe Had even, he done that this year, we yeah. probably would have been in the playoffs. <laughs> that, this is my point. Though. Let's go through it. So you've got Kennedy, um, Calvin Herrera, an outside chance to not be tendered. I think he probably will, but I, I did tweet back in July that I thought there was a chance, knowing that his injury history and that he mm-hmm. looked like he was breaking down and the shelf life might be ending. You know, Do you want to give $8, 9000000 million for one more year if you're not planning on competing and if you want to sign some of these guys. So I tweeted that was made fun of nonstop for a few weeks, and all of a sudden people started tweeting me, and I'm like, you're actually right about that. And I'm not trying to act like I know everything, but I'm just saying, like, it was obvious how bad he was and where it's going. I do think he will get a contract because they're hoping he can bounce back and they can flip him probably if they're not competing in July and try to get a piece. But I wouldn't say it's 100% certainty. I mean, if they know that he's banged up and – Mentally, I don't think he's your closer next year. I don't. I don't think he can handle it mentally, and I think they're going to make a run at Mike Miner. I don't think. I don't think Herrera is your closer, even if they bring him back. What do you think? I don't think so either. I mean, he never looked comfortable in the role yeah. all year, and I mean, I, I think they will probably tender him and bring him back. But I, I, I don't think it's a guarantee. No, either. I mean, I, I mean, after this if it season, meant you could sign some one or two yeah. of the core guys. I wouldn't do it exactly for one more year of him. No, it way. just depends on, yeah, on what their route is. If they're thinking Maybe they you can, can throw in Scott Alexander or Kevin McCarthy if you have to for a year or two, if, you, if, you, if it allows you to bring back Moose or Hosmer. I don't, I'm not saying that plus another. We'll talk about salary in a second, but um, <laughs> you go through this, Soria horrible. Duffy very bad this year for what he was supposed to be. Yeah, I know. He, I know his numbers. I know that's stupid to say that because his numbers were actually pretty good, and he's still way above average. You know, good major league starter, but for what he needed to be, he was hurt all year. You know, the off the field incident, and you know, he, the White Sox lit him up like he was mm-hmm. not good against no. the bad teams. You expect he needed to be. He needed to be and needs to be the ace, yeah. right? You expect those guys to beat the White Sox four out of five times. Yeah, to beat the Oakland A's, and you can go back and look. He got his brains beat in by some of those teams. Yeah, him and Vargas both. Yeah. Vargas was getting lit up and by the White, White Sox. Sox. Hit lefties really well. They do, yeah. but but yeah, no Duffy. I mean, there were too many outings where he was only going five innings. Right. I mean, it, it was just that all year. I felt like even when he had seemed like good stuff, he would go five innings and give up a run or to two. To me, he was almost but, as disappointing as, as Kennedy because I not he wasn't bad like Kennedy. But for what you need and expect Danny Duffy to be and take that next step after you sign a five year deal, and let's face it, he's in his peak years right now. Yeah. I expected him to take the next step this year. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully, you know, he's he's had that surgery now. Hopefully, next year he'll be a hundred percent clean up. Yeah, yeah, and um, we'll Jason see. Hamill, disappointing, not huge disappointing because you expected like low to mid fours, but you know, he ended up. It's hard to call him real disappointing because he was like our best pitcher for two months. Yeah, he had a really good stretch like, when the yeah. team was playing really well. Like the first month and a half, he was awful. The last month and a half, he was awful. But in between, he was like the best starter. Yeah, no, he was huge for us. And in June and July, when we were playing our best baseball, that was yeah. when Hamill was rolling. He was going six innings, five and a third, three or four runs every start. And it wasn't yeah. great, but at least you know what you're going to get, yeah. right? I mean, it likes, at least he was going to keep you in the game. I hate that term, but it was true. Mm-hmm. Like for So for about two-thirds of the year, he pitched like you wanted him to. Uh, other guy, obviously, is Alex Gordon, was miserable this year offensively. And the good thing is he did start turning it around the last month, and in particular the last three weeks. Yeah. Hopefully. And I do think it can't get any worse. No, <laughs> but he's making twenty million now in the next two years, so you're gonna need to get something out of him, you know. Yeah, no, at he, this point, he's good. Just hit two fifty, you know. That's all they need him to yep. do at this point. Yeah, he's he has to bounce back next year. He needs to be a guy that's like at least a number seven type hitter. Yeah, like, I agree. Like ability I mean, wise for this team to do anything. No, I I agree completely. Yeah, it can't get any worse. Right. Um. All right. So next year, Jake. First of all, Ned Yost is back. One yep. more year. 
I'm assuming he hasn't said that, but he has one more year in his deal, and he's already mm-hmm. said I'm not going to stay through this next rebuild. So I don't know why he'd stay past next year. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't make any yeah. sense. So one more year Agreed. of Nedios. Dave Island gone. Which were you? I mean, I, were you surprised? I was surprised by that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, especially just it happened so quick, and I yeah. guess that is what happens with these teams. You know, yeah. that when you don't go to the postseason. But yeah, right. I was a little surprised when I saw that news. That and you saw the team ERA four years in a row go steadily up. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting. I mean, I'm not sure who they're going to bring in, but yeah. I don't know if they'll. That might yeah. be one they don't know about. I'm sure they know about the bench coach. I mean, they like they let Don Wakamatsu go. Slight surprise, but I mean, not huge. And then Doug Henry, the bullpen coach. I mean, we know how bad the bullpen was and the pitching was gone. And uh, Brian Buchanan, who was just here for one year as an assistant hitting coach, will be reassigned in the organization. Um, so I'm sure you heard the press conference and, and the quotes that. Ned basically said the next manager is already in-house. Now, to me, that means there's three candidates, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. The candidates to me are the guy who I've long thought should be the next Royals manager. I have really firmly believe this because of where he's from, where he's overcome. He was a former major league catcher, a grinder, understands the game. Players love playing for him. Vance Wilson, your double-A manager for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, had a nice long major league career after being like a 48th-round draft pick. And, and uh, you know, I've gotten to know him very well. He's, he's a nice dude. He's He knows baseball. He's so passionate about it. He's a local guy. He lives in Fayetteville. I mean, local. It's only three hours, essentially. Yeah. Um, I think he would be a great major league manager. The, the player, I can tell you that the players love playing for him. So that's one of the candidates. I don't know that he'll be the guy. I, I, I've always thought he was going to be. But then the last couple of days, I started really hearing about Jason Kendall, you know, a guy that you see regularly up there with George Brett in the owner's suite. I don't think he misses a game. He's out at the K like every yeah. day. He's in very tight with George Brett, very tight with Dayton Moore. Another guy who's, you know, a great baseball guy. You mm-hmm. know, a guy that when he caught would get here at 11 a.m. for a 7 o'clock game and go over the hitters and meticulous, you know, passionate, um, hard worker. I think he would probably be a, a player's type manager. Y'all's worry about a guy like that because he kind of has a similar personality to Kurt Gibson, who was a debacle with Detroit. Like to me, they're kind of like similar type of personality. But you know, Kendall's a catcher versus an outfielder, and yeah. you know, probably less of a hothead. And you know, I think a better baseball mind. His dad, of course, used to be a, a, the coach for uh, back in the day for uh, Buddy Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred Kendall was along, so he knows, and he's and Kendall still lives here year round at Overland Park. So is that the guy in house, or Jake finally is it former Cubs manager and current hitting coach? Dale Swain. So, do you do you want to add a name, or when they say in house, are those the three obvious candidates? I mean, I, I mean is there a, a slight chance of Jersey? I mean, I guess because he managed. In a I while. guess so. I can't think of anyone else though that would even be considered. Would, do you do you have a favorite gotta, amongst those? I mean, if you were a betting man, I mean, I I, I like the idea. I think of Jason Kendall the yeah. most. I mean, the guy was yeah. He's a got a great baseball mind. I mean, great smart as they come. Too. Yeah, yeah, great player. Like Lives I just here. yeah, everything about him kind of fits the Boxes bill for me. Check. Yeah, I do. We've talked about Wilson before too. Yeah. I think he's a decent option. I'd probably rank Kendall one, him too, and then Dale. So you, yeah. I, I wouldn't be too excited about Dale. So. No, he's already done it once and yeah. it didn't go well. Right. So, I, I, I think, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, do it. So, do you think if do you think if it is Kendall or Wilson that they're named the bench coach for this year and then they just slide over after the year? I mean, wouldn't it make sense if they already would, obviously they know who the replacement is if they've already said. The replacement yeah. is in-house. They know who it is. Yeah. So wouldn't it make sense at this point? I mean, they're, they're going to have Mitch Myers first base coach. They want him to be here for the next wave of guys. So he's up now with Koontz being reassigned. Yeah. Um. You know, wouldn't you think the next pitching coach and bench coach that are going to stay for the next regime would be named this winter? And don't you think the bench coach would be the one that takes over? I mean, do you think it's Kendall or Wilson? Yeah. And if they don't get named, it might be Swaim. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, that that makes sense to me. I mean, I, I think whoever is named the bench coach, I would say that's probably who you should have your money on as, as the next manager. It would make no sense to not have him as bench coach, no. right? If they're taking yeah, bring over, him in. Yeah. you know they're taking over in one year. Yeah, you you want him on the bench this year to get to know for the players. Ned, yeah, to get to know the players, kind of get the bit. idea. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Okay, now what about Dayton? So well, so we're hearing rumors <laughs> now. Um, who knows? But tell me publish this thing in an hour he could already be gone yeah. or whatever or, or could have already been turned down but we're hearing rumors about Dayton and Atlanta he turned them down last time around it's a big mess over there yeah um right now but you know what are your thoughts is he going to Atlanta if they offer him GM and, and team president where he's in control of the payroll and you know kind of dividing it I mean because I first you hear um Jeffrey Flanagan saying no chance he's here for sure I guarantee it well he didn't say guarantee it but he basically said he basically yeah. shot down and said he's staying I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he's staying. You know, I, I I know him well, and his word means a lot. He's staying. 
And then you hear Bob Nightingale and some other guys today saying the same people who said he wasn't going to go the first time are saying he is going to go this time. So I don't know who you believe exactly. I'm not even sure after reading Dayton's book and getting to know him a little bit. I'm not even sure if he knows because mm-hmm. he, he originally turned the Royals job down. I wasn't going to take it. And then two hours later called and took it. So he may be going through <laughs> one of those internal battles where he doesn't even know. But, if, you know, again, if you're a betting man, is Dayton Moore the Royals GM um, opening day? I mean, I, I would say right now it's probably a 50-50 chance. I'm kind of going out in a limb there. I, I'm kind. Of, I, I, honestly, I'll tell you, I, I'm kind of leaning towards him probably taking the job in you Atlanta so? because it just makes sense. I mean, for him to hang around for a rebuild here in Kansas City, another one when he can go to the where they have the, the best farm system in baseball in Atlanta, brand new stadium, just some unbelievable talent. They probably already more money. they honestly overachieved a little bit this year. That team did so. That team is ready to win. And just needs the right guy in charge. So it would make sense with his background. I mean, I, I'm leaning a little towards him leaving, which would be I mean, a, probably a worse loss than us than the core guys we're losing this year. You think so? You, I, you, I, so you, some Royals fans say the last two off seasons he's batted zero. And you can argue that. You look back at yeah. Moss and, I mean, Hamill you kind of had to sign because of the tragedy. I'm not going to count that. But Moss, Travis Wood certainly has been a horrible bust. The Gordon deal so far has been a debacle. And, you know, you go back to the Padres trade, and Melky was okay. You know, started off hot, but kind of mm-hmm. cooled off in September. I remember you go back and look at, who am I forgetting, Jake? Who are some of the other guys too? Chris Young. Um, who are some of the other guys he signed? He didn't sign Zobrist. I mean, there are just certain things he did. He's pretty much really has batted about zero. Yeah, the no, last the, the last two off seasons. So what would you been... say to those people who say he did his thing here, it's not a horrible thing if he leaves? What would your response be to those people? I mean, <laughs> I would say just look back at what he did the first, whatever it was, right. eight years that he was here. The guys, because he was batting 1,000 then. He was. And, you're right and, about that. For about three know, years there, he batted 1,000. And he's not going to get every one of them right, and maybe it's just a coincidence. They were just a couple of years, or who knows where his head was after he won a championship. Right. It's, it's hard to say. But bottom line is he, he brought in the guys who brought a championship here and brought us to two World Series. He drafted a lot of these guys. So so we don't really know. We're, we're I'm with you, Jake. I'm 50-50. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't it's really hard know. to know right now. Now, if you look forward to next year, before I get into the payroll, you know, without really knowing what they're going to do, it's impossible to say. But do you think this team right now? Do you, don't you kind of agree? Don't you kind of feel like it's an upper seventies win team if they if they pretty much went with the same team right now? Maybe maybe, mine, maybe they brought back one of the core guys. Do you think it's like an upper seventies? Team or what? You know, what are your thoughts on next? Year? Yeah, if they brought back, you know, let's like just one say, of the three let's from say Hosmer they, Kane yeah, let's say they brought back Hosmer. I mean, I, I think they're probably an upper seventies win team without, the same as this year. yeah, without any of them though. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, the pitching is the pitching should get better. I mean, getting Nate Carnes back is going to be big. Now, will he stay healthy? Who knows? They're going to bring yeah. back one starting pitcher, whether it's Vargas or somebody else. They're going to bring in one other starting pitcher also. So you got to figure the starting pitching could be decent if Kennedy gets healed. If, if, if Kennedy truly was just worn down and had one bad year with injuries and, and can get it back for one or two more good years, if you have a decent Ian Kennedy and Danny Duffy can take the next step, you know, and Junis can just be a solid 3-4, you add in Carnes as a solid 3-4 and get one other guy as a 4 at the back. I mean, that, that's a decent rotation, right? Yeah, it is. And, yeah, if everyone stayed healthy, I mean, that's a scenario it's where a I could see It's a lot of ifs. Them. I get yeah, that. Overachieving. But every team but, has a lot of ifs. Yeah. Because you could say if yeah if one of one or two of those guys goes down to injury next year, I mean you're looking at a team that's probably going to win 69. less than seventy games. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> so you're right about that. But so let's go through Jake. Our final thing here, kind of going through. This isn't going to be pretty, by the way. I'm just going to warn you right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just doing some math here. The way I look at it with buyouts. First of all, Jake, would you like to hear um, some other salaries? Some uh, some some buyouts and money they owe some players who are no longer with uh, the team. It's just going to depress me, but go ahead. Because <laughs> these are included. You know Glass is including these, I would think, on the payroll well, yeah. next year. So, Jake, would you like to know that the Royals <laughs> still have to pay Omar Infante another $2 million? <sighs> <laughs> At least office. we're finally done with him. How is he still getting paid? <laughs> he hasn't played here in like a decade. They owe Omar Infante $2 million in the buyout. Would you like to know that I believe the Padres are paying about a million of it, but they're going to be paying give or take Travis Wood about six million dollars. Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> and also know that we got Brandon Maurer and and uh, Trevor Cahill <laughs> and Bookter was okay, but we also gave up Matt Strom. Like Bookter for Strom isn't even a good trade. You know, Bookter has no upside compared to Strom. No. So the only good piece they got out of it, and I ha- and, and I say good loosely because let's be honest, <laughs> Bookter is not really what you'd call good. He's kind of a dime or you know dozen type of pitcher. You know, he's kind of like Brian Flynn. They're kind mm-hmm. of the same pitcher. You know, but they don't have huge upside, but they're decent. 
if they're healthy. Yeah. But I mean, you give up Strom, who has a huge upside. That even that's not a fair trade. But you add in that we are still paying Travis Wood and got stuck with Maurer <laughs> and Cahill on top of it, Jake. And that's a, and not to mention the nineteen year old that's tearing up the Arizona Fall League, yeah. the shortstop they gave up, you know. And yeah, that could be one of those that, trades that you look back on in five years, like as one of the worst trades ever. Like you, you have these trades like in the nineties, like was it and Anderson to the from the from the Astros for Jeff Bagwell to the to the Red Sox. Like Larry Anderson pitched like five <laughs> games for the Red Sox, and Jeff Bagwell turned into a Hall of Famer. Like this could be one of those types of trades. If like let's say Matt Strom turns into a number three starter, mm-hmm. and the shortstop Ruiz turns into a you know a, a Mondesi type prospect, you know. <laughs> Like and, and you know that that could end up being like a top ten worst trade of the two thousands. That's crazy because the trade looks so good on paper it when it happened. I, I liked it. I mean, and now we Didn't look you at like it. it. Oh, I loved it at the time. You Kale, we both you loved got, it. You got freaking fan graphs who I respect talking about how Trevor Kale's got the second best curveball in baseball, and you know could he be the next under you know valued guy? And then you got you know Bauer throws ninety seven, and Dave Island's going <laughs> to fix him, and Bookter had decent numbers, and. You thought, wow, you know, for an injured guy, and it had, huh. had it taken the Royals to the playoffs, it would have been a good trade. Yeah, and we were getting rid of Travis Wood. Right, like at that time, and I was like, took yes, like a million of it. <laughs> yes, I'm perfectly fine with paying yeah. for him to play for yeah, someone else. But man, so you got no. six million going to Wood, two to Infante. You're paying Chris Young 1.5 million <laughs> on a buyout, and if they don't bring back Mike Miner, actually, I think either way, they, they, actually, they, they probably would roll out to the next one. But you have to pay Mike Miner 1.25. I think he's back as your closer. I'd like to have him back. So I love what I saw. That one point two five and backloaded. So that probably doesn't count. So like when I say, so let me just tell you right now. Let me okay. Let me first tell you before I tell you because you don't know this number yet. Let me tell you <laughs> the roster that I kind of have them running out there next year before I tell you what the payroll. Okay. Is. So I'm going to tell you in about five minutes here <laughs> the payroll if they don't do anything and just bring back the guys they have now. Like if they don't sign Hosmer, Kane, they don't bring back Minor. Like, this is just that they field the guys they have in their deal and plug it in with minor league guys. You ready for this? <laughs> yep. so let me tell you the roster. So, Salvador Perez at catcher. Your DH, Jorge Soler. You're going to put Moss at first base because he's under contract. I don't think he'd actually play there. I think Ryan O'Hearn would have a shot or Frank Schwindel, mm-hmm. maybe even Samir Duenas. But I'm just telling you the guys that are under contract right now. So, Soler at DH, Perez at catcher, Moss at first, Merrifield at second, Mondesi at short, Cuthbert at third, Gordon in left. Center field, Paul Orlando or Billy Burns. Take your take your pick. <laughs> but it's not going to be Burns. He's not going to be – the fact that he didn't get a September call-up is on the 40 is bizarre, by the way. Yeah. So he obviously ain't coming back next no. year. But whatever. And Bonifacio and Wright. So that's, you know, guys that are under contract coming back, right? Now pitching, Jake, your rotation becomes Duffy, Kennedy, Hamill, Carnes, Junis. Okay? Your bullpen, Soria, Herrera, so I guess we're assuming they're going to tender him. I yeah. guess. Maurer, assuming they tender him, which <laughs> hopefully they won't. Flynn, Bookter, Alexander, Gavilio, McCarthy. Okay? Yep, got what it. Do you think? <laughs> okay. What do you think that team payroll is? I haven't told you yet. With the buyouts included. Now, this is like, you know, they could they could non-tender Herrera, Maurer, you know, sh- ship a guy. They're going to make some moves. It's not going to be the roster, obviously. But no. what do you think that payroll is? Give me a ballpark. I mean... Since Gordon and Kennedy are still on the payroll, well, I would what would you guess? How much money do prob- you think? Probably around a hundred, hundred no. million, little over. One hundred and twenty. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you, you figure you see Ned Yost at a press conference saying, you know, we're gonna have to take a step back, and you're kind of depressed, and then like, maybe he's telling the truth. Like maybe they aren't oh, yeah. gonna bring back anybody because if they can't How? move some of this. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. If they non-tender Herrera, so Herrera would get around eight million dollars. If they bring him back, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Maurer's going to get around three million. Like if they could somehow get, just dump those two, that would save you eleven. Yeah, that gets you down to like a hundred eight, hundred nine ish, hundred seven. That's a if little. If you can better. sign Minor, you probably go back up to. Well, the problem is you sign Minor, you go back to one fifteen right away, even taking away that money you owe him. Mm-hmm. So like the problems are that's the problem here that we're running into is like, like let's go to some of the money here. You got Salvi's making around nine, eight point eight million next year. Solaire's like four point five million. Brandon Moss is making seven and a half million. Uh, Whit Merrifield and Mondesi are going to be five hundred sixty thousand ish, six hundred thousand ish. Same with Cuthbert, same with Paulo Bonifacio. Gordon's making twenty, so Gordon's <laughs> making more than the entire rest of the eight guys combined. If you go with that lineup, That's crazy. But Duffy's at fourteen million. Kennedy's making sixteen million. Hamill's making nine million. Soria, 
is making nine million. Like, look at all the dead weight so contracts. So much money are. in that pitching staff. And you could, the, the, the worst problem is you could get the starters you have to pay for, like Duffy, Kennedy, Hamill, Carnes at a million. I'm fine with that because starting pitching is a premium. But like these bullpen guys, you could get league replacement guys, like like a like a Booker types, those kind of guys, Flynn types. For half a million, Soria's making nine million. Yeah, like if you could take out Soria's nine million, Herrera's eight million, and Maurer's three million, you would have twenty million dollars. That's Eric Hosmer. Yeah, you could buy Eric Hosmer and backload the deal with that money. If you just could, if you if you could find somebody to take Soria on a one year contract, which I think they could. Yeah, I mean a mid three ZRA for one year to a big market team is that really a risk? No, I mean to the Royals <laughs> no. it's crippling, but for us, but no, no, not at it's all. It's a one-year deal, like, yeah. and they could just choose not to bring back Herrera and Maurer. Yeah, that would save you twenty million. That's your Eric Cosmer money right there. Then you go yeah. and sign Minor, you know, up your payroll maybe five to ten million, up towards one thirty what it's been, mm-hmm. and that's your money right there for Hosmer and Minor. And after that, you don't. I mean, after that, you do bargain <laughs> shopping. You try to get one starting pitcher. <laughs> Right? Yeah. You try to bring like a guy, pick up relievers a guy like, a, like a Cahill who's a free agent. Probably can't afford Vargas. Now, if you can't get Hosmer, you probably have the money for Vargas and Minor. Yeah. If you can, assuming they dump, let's say, two of the three between Herrera, Soria, and Maurer. You'd have the, basically, the way I look at it, Jake, is they have money for like one up end, for, like one high end free agent. When I say high end, I mean Vargas or, or Hosmer or Moose yeah. or Kane. And then like one or two small ones. Oh, I also forgot to tell you the bench. You don't even want to know about this. They're paying. <laughs> <laughs> don't. They're paying Drew Butera $2.3 million to have subpar defense. He was awful this year. He was. Defensively. Just he, awful. He was. He was horrible. And it's too bad because I liked the guy and he was so good his first year and a half, but he like lost it. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you rather just have Cameron Gallagher considering yeah. Junis is his best friend, have him catch Junis every five days? That gives Salvia guaranteed. 25 games off a year right there. Oh, absolutely. You get Gallagher as more of a bat and has more upside defensively. Wouldn't you rather just – I mean, they can't because they owe Butera the money. Butera is going to be the opening day backup because they're yeah. going to want the inventory. It makes sense. If, if Salvia or Butera goes down, then you still have Gallagher. Yeah. No, it's and just, it slows this clock down. Not that I'll ever be a big free agent, but mm-hmm. – no, So, it's, like, what do you think, like, looking forward when I tell you that stuff? I mean, you've got around, give or take, and those aren't – I could be off a little bit on some of the buyouts, but that, that's, like – it's for sure higher than 115 and less than 125. It's in the one. It's in around the 120 million is where they're at right now. If they just bring back Herrera, if they tender Herrera and Maurer, basically, I think pretty much the rest of them are dead on. So, yeah. what are your thoughts on that roster with 100? My first question <laughs> is that team I just told you with Cuthbert at third, Mondesi at short, Moss at first, Solaire DHing, Orlando in center. And then Gordon, you know, Gordon in the corner and Bonifacio. First of all, with that rotation I told you in bullpen, how many games is that team I just read you going to win next year? Gosh. If seven. they stay healthy. <laughs> 70, maybe. 70 to 75, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, if they stay healthy. If they don't stay healthy, my goodness, they may they may lose 100. Now, <laughs> the next question is if they – do you agree? I mean, what, what do you think – again, we're predicting here. What do you yeah. think Glass is giving them for the payroll next year? I mean, I, I think he's probably not giving them much. I think he's expecting it to be – if they're expecting it to be a rebuild, he's probably not going to – What it is, 120? He's going to be like, you guys asked for the money the last two years. You didn't get it done. We're now you've got 120 this year. this year and yeah. then like 100 the next two before I take yeah. it back up again? Yeah, rebuild it for a couple of years and then I'll Three consider Three years it. we can talk again? Yeah, that, I mean, that's probably <laughs> the conversation they've already had. So if they do see the pay – do you think it's going to be 120 or like 130? I mean – I feel like it probably it may be closer to 130 because they're gonna have to sign some guys. I mean, what do you I feel do? like they're gonna well, have to. The problem, they like... can't field that team that we just discussed. <laughs> well, I mean, but they're all <laughs> under contract, Jake. They have to pay Hamill. They have to pay Moss. They have to pay Solaire. They have to pay you know some of these other guys like Gordon. I mean, there's some of these guys yeah. you know like Kennedy, Duffy. Like, I mean, what do you do? I don't know. I mean, it's not like you can drop any <laughs> of these not, guys off to anyone The only either. guys that really have value that could get you anything are Salvi and Duffy, and you can't trade them. They're no. still in the prime years of their career, and they're the face of your franchise. You can't trade Merrifield because he's making nothing, and he's also the face of your franchise. Like The only no. guys they could, they want to trade, who wants them? No one's going to give them anything for Brandon Moss. Maybe at the deadline. They could yeah. probably clear you know, $10 million of that at the deadline, like, you know, half of Moss at eight. They could probably flip him for $4 million if he's hitting. Yeah. At the yeah, deadline. So- someone would take his bat if he's going to But at that him. point, you're not going to get a prospect. That's going to be a salary dump, so it's not really going to do any good. Yeah. And you're going to get, like, the when prospect you s- you're going to get back is Sam Gavilio. Well, yeah, you saw what guys Mike were- Mike Morin, that's yeah. who you're going to get back. You're not going to get anybody good on a salary dump. Yeah, I mean, you saw what <laughs> what they got, the Tigers got for J.D. Martinez this Ugh. year. I mean, people. They Why were, don't we just get JD Martinez? Yeah. Like, like, what are we thinking out there? Yeah. So I don't know, Jake. I guess, I guess, in summary, 
So you, what's your prediction? What happens this winter? Are they going to sign any <laughs> of the core? And and if and if they are, do you agree the only way to do it is basically to reshuffle that bullpen? Dump Soria. Maybe you don't bring back Miner. You know, maybe you lose Soria, Miner, and Mauer. You know, maybe don't tender Herrera. They will though. But like, w- where do you have the money to sign anybody? That's my question. Like, do, knowing what you know now, do they really have the money to sign anybody besides Escobar? Maybe if they wanted. No, I mean not unless they did a bunch of shuffling like we just mentioned. Can they even the afford Vargas? If, if, I don't say, think so. Compared to what other it. teams will offer him. I mean, because they're, they're not going to offer him. There's no way you can offer him an 18 million dollar qualifying no. offer because he's not going to get 50 million. He has to get 50 for them to get a compensation yeah. pick. So the risk in doing it is he's going to accept it. He's going to take that. What's his what, what's his market? Do you think like what do you think he gets like three years, thirty some million, or two years, twenty eight, or one year ten? Like what do you see? You don't see him getting a monster. He is one of the better starters in the he market, is. though. He, somebody will he's over- a top five starter no. for sure, if not top three on this market. Yeah. One of the big one of the big market teams will pay overpay for him. Okay. I could see him getting like three, three years, thirty six, three years, forty, even from someone. So you think he's gone? Like I think so. I I just don't see. I I think. Is there any chance Escobar's back and they move move Mondesi to that center? Would, like that would just make about? no sense. I know because you're not competing. Like, there should be. Why would you pay? Ask what's Escobar going to get? Four or five million at least. Yeah, there should be no consideration for bringing him back. Like, none. I know they love him. <laughs> I know they love to send him out there every day, but... You can't they, move a guy that you've no. been touting as a premier defensive shortstop in no. a rebuild to center field to bring back Escobar. No, at some point, Montessi needs to play... Just bring back Miner yeah. with that money. Montessi needs to play shortstop every day next year. Especially if this is a rebuild, he needs to be Do playing short every day. you think he's back, day. though? Yes or no, Escobar? No. Okay. Now, Kane. No chance or little chance? I would probably if he's sitting there with no team in February. Like if he's one of those guys that holds out because of the legs, the injury history of being thirty-two yeah. in opening day. Is he the kind of guy that maybe sneaks back to you? I w- I would rank him probably as second. I mean, I think Hosmer's the one they'll go after you if think they Moose can. Is gone then? I th- yeah, I I don't think they can get Moose. I think back. he's too considering you have Cuthbert and you even could put Dozier back at third. Yeah, because you have options. That's why I would consider Kane second too, just because we Hell, don't have right. a real center they fielder. They won't do this, but you could even put, <laughs> if you had outfield, you could even put Gordon back at third. They're not going to do it. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, as a worse, he'd be like your third string. You know, a worst case scenario, you could put him back there. Yeah. But, so yeah, um, I think. So you think Hosmer is the number one? I mean, do you guys I, I think it's Hosmer or nothing almost? Like, do they almost just like let Vargas, Kane, Moose go and probably let Esky go unless Esky is like dirt cheap and will accept yeah. you? Esky's not going to accept a utility role, though. That's the thing. No. And he's not really, there's no way. No. Because he can play every day somewhere. Yeah, he there's should. There's some bad team in the National League or something where he can play every day. Oh, I agree. You know, I maybe agree. in some bad teams, and you know, he could play every day for some of the other bad teams in the AL, not the A's because they have Simeon, but you know some of the other teams. You look at Tampa running heck of arena, and some of these other guys out there. Yeah, <laughs> you know you see you know Cliff Pennington playing every day for the Angels. Like you know, <laughs> I played more third, but you know before they got Simmons. But I don't know. So you think it's Hosmer or nothing? I think so. I think they'll. I mean, I don't even know how high they'll end up trying to go for Hosmer. Probably not that high. But what I do think, you think th- he gets like six years, one hundred and twenty. Or yeah. Years? Yeah, that sounds. That's about what I think. I mean, I don't know. Sounds I don't know like they if they could do it though. I mean, they have. They we, could. we already figured out how they could have twenty million if they get rid of those three yeah. pitchers. If they could find somebody to take three fourths of Soria's salary and they don't tender Herrera or Maurer and don't sign Miner, I mean, that's your money for Hosmer right there this year. And then you've got you know the year after that you get rid of Hamels off the books, Woods off the books, Soria's off the books, and then Gordon only has one more year. I mean, if you True. paid him twenty this year. In like you know twenty the next year, or even maybe if you pay him fifteen, fifteen, and like twenty five, twenty five, thirty. I mean, if, yeah. they, if they backload that, they're gonna have a new TV deal. They're gonna have all these contracts in about two years. They're only really gonna have like Kennedy, Salvi, Duffy, and like that's almost it, isn't it? Like for the big yeah. stuff in two more years. <laughs> yeah. So I, Gordon I, will be done. Yeah, I could see him backloading it. That would make sense. I mean, I think they're gonna go all in for Hosmer and not even tr- attempt I mean, on any others. Like twelve million, sixteen million, and then like thirty, thirty, thirty-two or something. <laughs> if they really wanted to, yeah. If they wanted to feel like if they wanted to bring back Miner and, and try to like semi-compete, like if Hosmer said, yeah. hey, if I'm coming back, I want to see you sign one or two other guys, or maybe he says I'll take twelve or thirty. This is all just a fantasy world, but <laughs> I'll take thirteen million the first year if you bring back Kane. You can backload me twenty-five and thirty the last three to five years of it, you know, because I want to be competitive. I'm, I'm not saying that'll happen, but I wish that would happen. It's just, a, it's fun <laughs> to think about it. It's the hot stove, man. That's what we're doing here. All right, Jake. Anything you want to say in finality? Do we cover everything, or is there? I think so. I mean, is this team? Do we just think this team is going to be bad next year? Is there any chance this team competes next year? I, I don't think so. I mean, unless Does the Cleveland Dayton's... have it sewed up with the Twins. I mean, really now the AL Central is like the turning into the best division. You got. You know, you got what Cleveland? We think we have one or two more years. 
Yeah. You got Chicago has got like every prospect in baseball. They're mm-hmm. probably two years away, but they're not far away. The mm-hmm. Twins should be really good next year. I mean, the Twins Indians should be really good. I think the Royals finish ahead of the Tigers next year. Yeah. And I would you know, agree. maybe the White Sox because they're young. Yeah, I would agree. Is there any possibility where the Royals could play 500 with what we've basically talked about the payroll being and what they have tied up already yeah. in these contracts? Literally everything would have to go right. No injuries. I mean, that rotation would have to be really any good. Any chance they can grab a wild card? 2%. Yeah. I mean, if it's, yeah, if, if, <laughs> it all if the wild card. Yeah. We're all just guessing here. <laughs> the second wild card has the record the Twins did. It's not that hard. You don't have to be that hot more. Yeah, you have to be able to beat the White Sox, though, and yeah, you know, I, not give up five runs to the A's in the eighth inning after you've hit three home runs to go up by four. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the rotation and the bullpen would just have to be dominant next year for. And Gordon would have to hit yeah. 250, 260. They'd need someone like an O'Hearn or a Mondesi to turn into a monster. Like, yeah. You know, the, kind of like. One of them turns into Bradley Zimmer, and one of them turns into, like, Jose Ramirez overnight, you know, yeah. or something. And you'd have to count on Witt to have another year yeah. like this season, which— 20 home runs, I doubt he'll hit that many home runs think it's his again. career year? I think so. Because he is going to be 29. Yeah. He's yeah, probably, if he was younger, I'd be more excited. Well, I feel but, bad for that poor guy, because I've been—I don't know if you've been listening. You know, you've, you've come on the last two years with me, but I've been clamoring for him for three years now. I don't know if people know yeah. that. I've been, I've been the only person talking about him for three years. Since I saw him back in in 13 in Northwest Arkansas, I thought he should have been up. I thought he should have been activated instead of Mondesi in 14 in the mm-hmm. playoff roster. In 15, I thought he should have been in the opening day roster somehow. You know, this yeah. year. The poor guy, though, now, his clock just started. He's not going to be a free agent until he's like 33. No, he's never going to get a contract. He's not going to get a deal. Because <laughs> like by the time, his peak years will probably be ending when he becomes a free. He'll be basically turning into, you know, Willie Bloomquist probably yeah, when, his be... deal, when it's time for him to get a deal. Yeah. So he's going to make, you know, he'll make 10, 20 million with the Royals. Yeah. But he's not going to end up, you know, getting the monster deals he could have had they brought him up two years ago. Imagine right. if he was in his, you know, going into arbitration right now. Yeah, he'd be making, you know, six, seven, eight million next year. So in a way, they're lucky because they wouldn't be able to afford him. No, yeah, at least works out well for next year's payroll. So, <laughs> last question: Will they be able to dump Joaquin Soria? Will somebody take, like, if, if if they trade him for nobody and say you take six of the eight million, we'll take the other two? Would somebody take him? <laughs> <laughs> Probably I not. But there's there's maybe one or two big market teams that would be like, yeah, you know what? We'll take a stab. <laughs> I mean, maybe Dayton will take over the Braves, or we can trade him to the yeah. Braves. Yeah, yeah, you can take him with. <laughs> maybe Yost will end up, you know, <laughs> leaving here and going to the Braves because he lives there year round someday. I don't know. Anyway, enough of this, Jake. We're just blabbing now. Uh, we'll be back. Um, what do you say we do something? Another hot stove report in a couple months here. Yeah, maybe around the holidays or after yeah, after holidays. the we'll winter meetings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe after yeah, there you go. After one or two of the of the core is signed, and we've seen the Royals make a trade or two and make a move or two, and kind of have a better idea where the payroll is going to be, mm-hmm. we'll come back and talk to you again. In the meantime, Jake, I will be having, um, you know, life's a little busier these days, and I do have over 100 interviews archived from former players, so I, I can't do them quite weekly like I used to, but we'll certainly be having former player interviews here on Clubhouse Conversation throughout the winter, probably once or twice a month type of thing. We'll be having Perfect. those here, and, and we'll be chiming in from time to time. And you can always follow us. The Twitter is very active as well, at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook, and, of course, the website, clubhouseconversation.com. Jake, we'll also talk about your big uh, national TV appearance here in a few months. <laughs> yes. We look forward to it. Yes, sounds good. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Clubhouse Conversation, your dish. Thanks for listening, and go Royals.